Thank you for listening to another episode of ODRC Voices. Today we are sitting down with the 2017 Ronald C. Marshall Correction Officer of the Year, and that is Officer Frankel at the Southern Ohio Correctional Facility. Officer Frankel, how are you? Great. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for sitting down with us today. Uh, we're going to cover quite a few topics, uh, but first what I want to start off with is when we were at the CEO of the Year banquet back in May and, and Director Moore announced you as being the recipient of this award, um, talk to us a little bit about what that feeling was at the time and what it's been in the, in the months since then. Uh, I was in total awe. Uh, the group of people that were selected as Officers of the Year at their institutions are just top-notch and just great people. And I, uh, I was just happy to be there. And for me to be selected was just over the top. It truly was a humbling experience and uh, truly an honor. And I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit because before this podcast, you were talking to me about you want to set the record straight. You didn't try to faint, right? No, Is that no, correct? No. Tell us what happened. Uh, I had about uh, four inches of uh, feet on the podium and uh, on the stands. And when they started to announce the officer, the gentleman in front of me started to clap and uh, kind of moved me off of the. <laughs> Step so so you have an alibi. They yes, might think I sure do. Yes. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about how you got to this point in your career. So, how long have you been uh, an officer? Uh, I just uh, received twenty-seven years, mm-hmm. and all of it has been at SOCF. Uh, uh, I started in ninety, and uh, corrections was a lot different back then. And uh, luckily, I've been one of the people that have been able to evolve with it, and. Uh, uh, it's just been an awesome career. 27 years, it's its a long time to be in corrections. And we, we talked a little bit before the podcast also about some of the stresses that come along with being a corrections officer. How has your approach maybe differed from others when you're um, coming in to work at Lucasville every day as a corrections officer? How has that approach not only been different, but allowed you to uh, not just continue to be successful, but have a, 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 a positive outlook and you're happy? Uh, I had I had the opportunity to work with a lot of older correctional officers when I hired in, and they had developed techniques to help them cope. And uh, one of the techniques that they gave to me was to uh, hate the crime, hate the act that the person done, but you don't know the person, so uh, just hate the act. And uh, that truly has been a benefit in my career. Uh, they spoke to me about a lot of the little tricks of the trade and things, and it's really benefited me throughout my career. And the great thing is is that I get the opportunity to pass that on to newer officers. Uh, I get feedback from them all the time of when they've used this or have used one of the techniques that I've given to them, and it's worked out. So that's great. That's a great feeling. So how has that approach, how has that shaped your interactions with offenders in your institution? Uh, I I have them abide by the rules. Uh, One of the main things of a correctional officer is firm, fair, and consistent. And I try to hold true to that. Uh, Whenever uh, I have interactions with inmates, it's uh, it's a new interaction. I don't count any of the other interactions that we had or anything. I just go with that interaction. And uh, that's helped me through my career. Now, let's talk about Lucasville a little bit. So, driving out here, it's, for folks that may be from Cincinnati, Cleveland, Columbus, it's a 
pretty much out in the middle of nowhere for yes, those of us city folks. Um, but it, it's a tight-knit group um, here. What has it been like to work with these folks throughout the years? Oh, it's unbelievable. The camaraderie here is just tops. It, uh, when it happens to one, it happens to all. Uh, we're able to come together for anybody that's in need. Anybody having problems, everybody feels it. And uh, the camaraderie here is a lot different because uh, the situations that we deal with are a lot of times critical. And uh, the outcome means the health of a fellow officer or staff member. And everybody has a saying here that uh, in here I'll take a bullet for you. And uh, I truly believe that the majority of the people that work here feel that way. So when, when you look at 27 years leading up to this award that you received this year, um, what have been some of the highlights of those 27 years? Uh, highlights, uh, there's, been, uh, there's been many. Naturally, uh, one of the worst ones was the riot in 93. Uh, Bobby Vlanningham was a friend of mine, and we worked second shift together, and we did things. And, uh, I mean, you know, his, his death wasn't in vain. They make corrections to policies and procedures that will make people safe. And, and, and everybody that works behind the walls appreciate that. Uh, the corrections has evolved. And uh, it, when I hired in, it was a lot more brute than brain. And now corrections has a finesse to it. And a lot of the policies and procedures that are being implemented complement that. And the people that do it recognize when it needs to be tweaked and they just do that, and, I, and I, we appreciate it because uh, we're able to give feedback to policies and procedures that may not be working right, and they'll make the necessary changes, and it works out for us. You talk about how it's evolved over these 27 years. Um, I'm assuming you've seen a little more of a, a focus on the rehabilitation aspect of it. Um, how has that come into play, that focus on rehabilitation? How has that come into play in, in your um, everyday life as a corrections officer and um, the the corrective behaviors that you're seeing as folks are receiving them in here? Uh, vocational programs that have been set up throughout the state are just awesome. Marysville has a, cos a cosmetology program where they, you know, they learn a trade. Uh, you have other institutions that, that teach food service, uh, teach inmates about cross-contamination and things. And when they go to an employer and already know this, that employer benefits. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of the trades that they're learning uh, are going to be beneficial to them outside. And not only as a correctional officer, but as a citizen of Ohio, I appreciate that because I don't want to have to be the victim or somebody I love or know be the victim. So I appreciate the efforts that they make. For folks who, many of them listening to this, probably have never stepped foot inside of SOCF here in Lucasville. And the only thing they may know is, as you referenced, the riot at Lucasville. What would you like people to know about this place? Um, if they maybe, if that's all they know. Uh, Lucasville uh, contains the offenders that have have problems at other institutions. The rehabilitative part of it is to get them back online to where they can be a part of programs that will help them on the street. Uh, mainly at SOCF, we uh, drug intervention, uh, you know, behavior 
you know, techniques that they can use to change their line of thinking and uh, have a little bit more respect for each other and for the staff and things like that. And the programs that they have here help. Uh, SOCF uh, truly is one of those places to where uh, everybody works together for a common goal. And uh, they are able to use the resources that are given to them to optimize whatever outcome we want, such as drug intervention, or uh, uh, we have AA, we have, uh, uh, you know, we have behavior, we have a lot of techniques that they can have. Uh, we, we have a RTU, which is a residential treatment unit, and they have horticulture culture and uh, medication groups to, you know, educate them about their medication. Uh, a lot of the guys here, couldn't handle in a less restrictive environment. So hopefully once they get here and they see the restrictions here, it will help them change their behavior so they can go move on to a less restrictive environment. Talk to us a little bit about an RTU and what that looks like for folks who might not be familiar. Uh, our RTU is one of the best. We have had uh, correctional professionals from other countries come and look at the model that we have here at SOCF. Uh, because of the techniques and the people that are involved, and we can provide a secure treatment, you know, in a secured manner. And uh, that's what sets us above the rest. We do get good results, not with every case, but the people that we have are highly trained professionals that exceed a lot of the expectations that was placed on them whenever we started this. How crucial is the work of the RTU to the rehabilitation process? Uh, it's very crucial. Uh, the medication uh, uh, education alone to let them know that their behavior is because of the medication that they're on and to get them to understand that without it their behavior would change and when they are ready to leave they are set up with a liaison to be able to help them once they get onto the street and they're living on their own. So they can have their medication and have a means of, you know, continued treatment. So I think that's what sets it above and helps out. And we've talked a lot about the, the great work being done by our employees to help with that rehabilitation process. Um, but once an offender is released, we still have our, our reentry folks and, and some of our um, APA folks who are helping in that process. But a lot of responsibility then and assistance then goes and is in the hands of communities. Um, what advice would you give to community members and the role they can play to help reduce recidivism and make Ohio communities safer? Uh, one of the things that I've always taught everybody that works in the RTU that comes in uh, is that the offender's reality is not yours. Mm -hmm. They were raised in a different atmosphere. They uh, truly believe what they believe, whether it's real or not. And so uh, to the communities, the treatment that they can give to help that offender understand and to monitor their actions, because a lot of them are manipulators, and they will stand there and they will tell you one thing, but do another. But the follow-up of, uh, of an offender that has been released is very crucial to the process. Being through what you have here, seeing the things you have, and, and working with 
inmates on a daily basis for 27 years, someone in the community might look to you and say, so why do you believe in second chances after seeing all you have? So then that would be my question. Why do you believe in second chances? Uh, I It's been my experience that everybody that's in prison isn't bad. I think a lot of them made wrong choices. And uh, probably a lot of them, had they been... Uh, counseled or educated or something like that to choices they need to make. And I think they wouldn't make those choices. So I think that once an offender gets out and he proves himself uh, and he gives a effort to change, then I believe in second chances. Let's step outside the institution for a minute. And how has your experience here, your 27 years, how has that shaped who you have become outside of this institution? Uh, I've done a lot with homeless. And uh, some of the homeless are offenders. And uh, a lot of them, if you would give them a big home on a hill, they wouldn't be able to sustain it. They wouldn't be able to keep it and, and use it. And so uh, those are the ones that I kind of, try to reach out for and try to help them with uh, obtaining the hygiene necessities and making sure the homeless shelter has the, the things that they need to do their job. And it's worked out really great. Uh, uh, Chillicothe um, has a program to where they are making lane mats out of used grocery sacks. And they take about 200 grocery sacks to make that. And uh, I've gotten with uh, a few people that are going to supply our homeless shelter so we can give it to the guys that don't have the mental facilities to come in. And and that way, when they lay down on the ground, that they don't have to lay on the wet surface or something like that. So, I mean, every little thing when you're homeless means a lot. And... Uh, I truly believe that, uh, you know, that's shaped, that it shaped, uh, you know, the way I am on the outside. And looking at the, the work that you do on the outside and the work that you do on the inside, what encouragement would you give folks on the outside who have nothing to do with our system, who maybe have even never had a loved one who has um, touched foot in our system? What advice would you give to them to get involved? And how can they get involved, whether that be on the outside with homeless or whether that be with institutions like ours? Uh, our director has started an initiative about smiling. And everybody that knows me knows I'm a big smiler. And I truly believe that you could change somebody's day by a smile, whether you know them or not. And uh, uh, it could be as simple as that. But uh, homeless shelters and crisis centers and things like that are always in need of of hygiene items for men and women. Uh, I know that our our uh, homeless shelter in, in uh, Chillicothe, they can always use men's shoes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sizes 9 to 12. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, if nothing else, uh, you can drop them off at your local community action. And that little bit of comfort that you're giving to them means the world to them. And uh, to, the, to the giver, it helps the giver. And, uh, you know, when you give something, whether you do it all the time or not, whenever you do, it makes you feel great. So I highly suggest and recommend <laughs> that for a pick-me-up for anybody. And, and you alluded to your smiling. 
I know we're audio only, so people don't get to see your infectious smile as much as we do in here. Um, we'll put a picture of you smiling online oh. for everybody. How's that sound? Uh. <laughs> but it's something so simple that some it might be easy to take for granted. Oh, yeah. What kind of role does just a smile play in your everyday life? Being in an institution that is a higher security institution, um, being in a place that um, maybe isn't known for smiles, how big of a role and what kind of role does just a smile play in your everyday life in here? Uh, as you're walking through the hallways and uh, you'll come up onto a security area, there may be two or three officers standing there and uh, I'll walk up and I'll be smiling and they always smile back. I mean, it, uh, I think it is a little bit of a morale booster. Uh, the offenders even talk about, call me smiley sometimes. And uh, I mean, they, uh, I think that, uh, I think it just lightens the mood. Uh, we all know where we work at. We know that everything can change in a heartbeat. And uh, if that smile de-escalates somebody's attitude, it's all worth it. Ohio is known as being ahead of the curve when it comes to reform in this country. Um, and a lot of that, as the director talks about, is a testament to the work of folks like yourselves in the institutions who are are working the daily grind and having one-on-one interactions with folks inside of our system. When you were standing up there um, looking around you in May at the um, Officer of the Year ceremony and looking at the folks who represent their institutions, what was that like to be chosen of all the amazing officers that we have in the state for you to be uh, recognized as the top one for the year? Uh, actually, I... I still kind of wonder why. <laughs> I mean, in all sincerity, because the people that I that were up for it were great people. Uh, I met I met a few of them during the interview process, and I was able to uh, greet some of them. And and then during before we were announced, uh, I got to speak to some out in the hallway and congratulate them on getting officer of the year for theirs and things. And actually, I'm still in awe over it. I uh, I think that. Uh, I think it's got to be one of the hardest decisions that that committee made because uh, I'm sure that everybody was very close and, you know, and things like that. Uh, uh, the 27 years of Lucasville might have pushed it or my <laughs> smile may have. Or, but, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just a total honor. Uh, when we were standing there and uh, I, were, I was announced and my wife came up, we went up onto the stage and uh, Mr. Moore, uh, came up behind me and he said, take all this in. And he was absolutely right. I mean, it was just phenomenal. I, it's one of the things where you don't want at the end, but you know it's going to, so you just go on with it. And uh, and it was just, it's just been amazing. And, and talking about that group of people, the folks who, the officers who make what we do successful, um, a lot of folks in the state, a lot of Ohioans, myself before I ever came to this department, maybe didn't give two thoughts to folks who were doing that. Uh, for folks out there who are listening to this who might not have any interaction with the corrections officer, uh, can you speak to the importance of the work that is done by folks like yourself? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's just an unseen, intricate part of government. And uh, we walk the halls where a lot of people wouldn't. We run to a lot of things people run from. And uh, that's why everybody that works in corrections has got my unwavering respect just to be able to go into the institutions. 
it makes it no difference if it's a level one honor camp or if it's a level four. Uh, a lot of the guys that we have here were at those camps. So uh, uh, I have the utmost respect for all of them. I truly believe that uh, the heart and the commitment and the professionalism that is shown by Ohio's corrections can be second to none. Absolutely. We have, everybody wants to be us. <laughs> everybody wants to be Ohio. That's why they send all these people to come and look at our system. Uh, we're lucky that we have people that, that make the rules that actually have been here for hundreds of years combined. And, uh, and uh, they understand that if it's not working, tweak it. If it's not working, we can scrap it. And that, I think, is one of the biggest uh, uh, benefits of having the people that we have now is that uh, years ago we had the ones that it's my way or the highway. And now we have people that actually care and are committed to change, and that's great. Well, Officer Frankel, we thank you for spending some time with us today and congratulate you on a well-deserved honor. And we thank you for your service to Ohioans and the great state of Ohio. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure.